Welcome to Waste Not and Feed the Need, the podcast for Los and Fish's family kitchen. Today's interview is with Robin Martin from Joint Venture Silicon Valley. Please enjoy. Hello, everybody. Another episode. Great to have everybody here and listening. <laughs> Thank you for participating with us in this discussion with Robin Martin. Yeah, my, my name is Mauricio Cordova, and uh, I'm going to have a chance to introduce a very special guest today, somebody that we've been doing a lot of uh, networking and collaboration and all kinds of fun stuff with, Robin Martin with Joint Venture Silicon Valley. Welcome, Robin. Thank you. Hello. It's a pleasure having you here today, and we're very excited. You took a little bit of time to join us and share some of your experiences and um, knowledge about food recovery. So... Tell us why, uh, what got you into food recovery and what do you find so fascinating and exciting about it? Because we know that you've been doing a lot of great uh, uh, work on it. Please. Yes. So I've pretty much always worked in public health. Um, I've done some other corners of the public health world, right? Some emergency preparedness. I've worked with some um, unhoused populations before. And uh, I was uh, working with uh, Life Moves on a few projects. And I had um, lunch with my husband who worked at Facebook at the time. And uh, sort of the horn of plenty, right? Uh, uh, with all these restaurants and all this beautiful food. And then ha- was leaving that and going over to one of the shelters I was working with uh, to do an afternoon project with Life Moves. And it was, you know, just a mile or two away and a world away. And I thought, you know, this, the food is really the low hanging fruit here. No pun intended in in Silicon Valley, right? We really have right side by side, such, um, such uh, opportunity to share what uh, has been created in one realm with folks that are really struggling in another. And so I started thinking about doing a project on my own uh, and talking to folks about it and then linked up with Joint Venture, who had started doing some of the same kinds of things around food recovery. They were um, had had a forum and were starting to think about getting a jumping in the ring with their own project. And so I joined their team and uh, that's our first project there, which you're very familiar with, was the a la carte project, which now lives in your very capable hands over there with loaves and fishes. Great, thank you. Uh, so, you know, you you, you mentioned uh, a la carte and uh, that was, you know, what, something that, you know, very, Dear and near to our hearts because we had the opportunity to, I'll call it inherited from joint venture and kind of take it to where it's grown and really make an impact in the community at a larger scale. And uh, so, but you know what? So you continue doing a lot of work on uh, on food recovery, and you're working in a couple of the projects now. So what is the the part about it? You mentioned a little bit of the, you know, the food and everything else, but you know, what is it that you find? that keeps you going i mean you you have a lot of knowledge you have a lot of experience and other things what keeps you kind of uh, involved on uh, uh, food recovery what is it that you know you kind of keep uh, you know it seems like you continue getting more and more projects within it so tell us more about that yeah i guess i'm a very practical person by nature right so i like to see uh the opportunities and try to mm-hmm. fit in and support where needed right so 
For example, there's a lot of really great organizations doing food recovery in Silicon Valley. So uh, that is not a great place for me. You loaves and fishes and, you know, a, a second harvest, they're doing fantastic work. But I do see some opportunities for like, how could I support that? Where could, where could we as joint fishers sort of fit in around the edges to support what's already happening? And some mm -hmm. of that is is like I say, just me. I'm a practical person, right? I want to fit into <laughs> these little corners where, you know, what would be really helpful, you know, yeah. it, where I think in my head, what if we had a, you know, like a council? What I feel like everybody needs to talk. I think we should talk about it and then we'd be even better and even stronger. And then I, I'm like, you know, what else would be helpful? Instead of each of these cities having their own food recovery program for, you know, responding to 1383, feels like we should do a countywide one, right? So I just sort of try to find the places where, because I do want to just kind of fit in where needed, mm -hmm. that, uh, and, and joint venture has been game enough to join me and uh, follow me along for that ride to be like, yeah, okay, you think that that seems like a good need, go for it, right? And then apply for the contracts that made sense uh, in that realm. So I guess, yeah, I, and the food, um, of course, is like a, a passion of mine. And also it's um, it's a solvable problem, right? Uh, it's a thing we have plenty of and we have plenty of people that need it, right? So I, I love the math of that, right? It's not like <laughs> trying to you know, uh, build housing, which is so such a huge uphill battle and so incredibly expensive. And how do we do that? And I'm so glad that there are some very talented people focusing on that. I like the math of food, right? We have plenty. We have folks that need it. What are the logistics that could make that happen better? How, how could I support and find a way to make that happen more safely or efficiently or just some little support for all the great work everybody else is doing. And I, I love the idea of that. I love it also. And I just love <laughs> the passion that you bring to the, not only the audience, but also to the effort, because I get to sit on some of those councils that you've created. And we, as a total community, are able to participate in an actual dialogue to help us all move forward and get better and better and better and better at doing what we do. So I just, I know that with many of the things that you're doing, what can you tell us about some of the, the opportunities or challenges? Because you're talking with, as you mentioned, local agencies, you're talking to different organizations, you're talking to different contributors to the effort, and you are the conduit, like you are that hollow bone, right? You're the one that's connecting people at the table. Ha, little food lingo at the table, right? So how would you, how would you describe like some of the some of the challenges that you face uh in 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 this wonderful thing that we're all involved in? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I guess it's always the same side of the same coin, right? The challenge and the opportunity are kind of inextricably linked, right? So the challenge is like where you see the window of opportunity to put something new together that wasn't there before, right? So the challenge, yeah. like at the beginning of the pandemic, right? You know, we, the three of us on this call, we know each other pretty well. Like the, <laughs> the challenge there was like, okay, we have 
all of this food and all of this, there's like some logistics issues, right? How can we support with some logistics? And I helped with some of that on the San Jose side that was trying to help coordinate and figure that out. And because folks that were on the ground were boots on the ground, literally running around like crazy <laughs> to make ends meet. Yeah. And you know, very much so, right? So that in some ways is a huge challenge, but it was a great opportunity. And now we know all of those people and we're better connected than we ever were. Uh, there's a work like a countywide work plan that has come out of like a, you know, understanding our food system and the resiliency of our food system. A lot of really great work has come out of like yikes. Ah, and, and then all of this really great work has come from it. So it, it's always kind of the same thing, right? That there's that challenge. And then there's that opportunity of like what comes out of that um, of that challenge. So I would I would kind of put them in the same bucket there. And and now with 1383, right? Challenges, opportunities. It's both, right? It's a huge lift for all the food recovery orgs in the field. It's un funded mandate, right? So that's a huge challenge for cities and counties as they try to figure it out. It's a huge challenge for food recovery organizations and then, uh, you know, food banks as they try to figure it out, a huge challenge. So we've identified the challenge, right? <laughs> now let's, right now it's some room for some opportunity, right? What comes next? What are some new innovations? And, and we're trying to, uh, organize our thoughts around that with a document that um, hopefully will uh, kind of help us organize around it and make sense and have a framework. We're calling it making the most of surplus food, right? But trying to think about what's our framework for understanding that? How do we uh, move that forward collectively and together? So with the food recovery orgs and the cities and the counties all working together how can we fund it where where could we find pockets of funding that would could be identified and used for this this sort of work um and that's was that sort of our first step towards it right R writing it down making a plan <laughs> and then it's like okay now let's figure out how do we how do we fund this really some of this, these issues we've identified how do we uh, fund it and change it and what what, what comes next what are the biggest uh, obstacles as you've done this compiling all this data and all the things that we're talking about the document you mentioned what are the things you think are the biggest you're going to give us first one or two or maybe three biggest obstacles for food recovery as it comes to uh, you can call it best practices or whatever what are the biggest challenges that uh, nonprofits, food producers the county the cities uh, 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 are facing and then you can tell us all about your next step because uh, sorry, David, I just you know I I, I was hoping to hear about a, a little bit about that when you were talking about that document earlier. Sure. <laughs> Thank goodness for editing process, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, we'll, we'll put it in the right spot. Yeah, sounds good. So. Yeah, so making the, the most of uh, surplus food is what you're talking about and trying to get all on the same page there. And in some ways, it, it doesn't have it, the challenges are pretty clear. And I certainly don't need to we can tell the listeners, but I definitely don't need to tell the two of you about the challenges. You're, you're living them all the time. Right. And it's it's inherent in what uh, we all are do, trying to do. Right. Uh, recovered food is often at the end of its useful life, right? And the inherent logistical issues in that are 
huge, right? It's, 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 uh, it, there's food safety issues, right? And trying to make sure we're very cognizant and safe of, about that. And that the food that gets recovered is like just as delicious as, as anything anyone would have ordered at that same restaurant, right? We want everything mm -hmm. to be, um, to, to be safe and healthy and nutritious, right? And so all of the, the the issues inherent in the food system are of course inherent in this same food recovery system right there's a whole lot of non-nutritious food uh way way more than we mm -hmm. are able to utilize um if you log on to some of the the apps too good to go or something it's a lot of baked goods right it's a lot of baked goods at the end of the day and of course food recovery organizations can distribute some of that everybody loves a pastry but the, we we're not going to as a community of food recovery organizations absorb all of the excess baked goods that are made and redistribute those to humans. That's more than we, we make more of those than humans should probably have as part of their healthy <laughs> <laughs> diet. <laughs> we may be Americans, but still, we're st we still can't eat uh, you know, pastries all day long. So the, all of those, you know, food system challenges, Food recovery system challenges, right? Food safety, that's a that's a food system challenge. And of course, that's a food recovery system challenge. Transportation is a big issue in the food system, right? If you think system-wise, transportation across Santa Clara County, but food system-wise, you know, we're shipping food from all over the world that lands here in Santa Clara County. That's a food system complication. And of course, same, same applies for food recovery. Where, where are we shipping it? How far? How it, is it still good from a food safety sense? But is it also that, you know, carbon footprint that we all think about, right? Does it make sense to drive, a, you know, an individual's car all the way across the county to pick up a handful of meals and drive it back? Like, is that does that make sense? Do Is that part of what we should be doing? I'm trying to think through that. And do we reorganize ourselves a little bit to try to really lean into that environmental impact of what we're doing and how can we affect that? And I know, you know, Otto Card was doing that from the beginning with some of the electric refrigeration and, you know, that's trying to be cognizant of that. I can give kudos to you guys from the very beginning, right? Is that trying to have electric refrigeration as opposed to many uh, for the listeners, many of the refrigeration units on vehicles are can be diesel and uh, fueled by diesel fuel and, you know, trying to lean away from that and really be uh, solid environmentally um, is part of what we're doing. There's some really great research out of Oregon about how food is recovered and what kind of vehicle and, and transportation and transportation distances and how much that mm -hmm. Uh, affects the greenhouse gas uh, impact. And so we tried to include some of that in our thinking locally. And I'm going to try to make sure we're using that information to, um, as we have new solutions, that we have new uh, healthy solutions um, for our county and our planet. The, the reality uh, is that as we all continue to focus on very similar efforts uh, of making every attempt to keep that good, solid, uh, wonderful food uh, from going into the landfill, right? From going into an area that in fact would turn to methane, right? The carbon footprint of our vehicles, you know, taking into consideration locations. You know, I, I think, you know, for me in backing up and thinking about the question that I asked earlier, like you've done such a good job of, of connecting 
the individuals that need to come to the conversation, right? And and I wonder, you know, what do you feel like your next challenge? And I don't want to use challenge because I love your analogy of a challenge is an opportunity, right? Because it's true. What do you find yourself focusing on to get you to that next thing that you're attempting to do to bring us all to the table so that we're collaboratively working towards the same solution or the same idea. Could you share some of that? Yes. Yeah, you got it. So just um, for me as a, as a human being, the way I'm able to think about some new things is because I've just hired Kira Lowe, who is the manager for our St. Clair County food. I was hoping you were going to bring that up. That's yes. awesome. So <laughs> Congratulations. She's fantastic <laughs> and just getting started, just still reading all of her, you know, reading the law, getting uh, all of uh, her feet wet on this front. She comes from Colorado and has done uh, some similar work there and also some different work, a lot of uh, farms gleaning too. So I'm hoping her um, her experience there can really apply because we have a lot of really small, local, fantastic farms here in Santa Clara County. So of course, this is not for month one as she gets started because we got all of our reporting due, but down the road. Oh, darn. Has- I was already <laughs> writing it down in my notes to call. <laughs> She's got some really great experience that I'm sure I can lean into, but that frees me up, right? She's running the day-to-day of all of that. She's doing the education and outreach and reporting and collecting all the reporting. And so I've got a day-to-day person focusing on all of that. So then I can turn my attention a little more to this, uh, you know, all of these, we've listed our challenges, right? We've listed them out. We've got three pages of them at the end of the document. And we know a big one is funding. I can focus some attention on that, trying to think through, okay, We've identified that the program itself, to run the program itself needs funding. So, you know, basically, essentially the jurisdictions need funding to do their part of all of this. The food recovery orgs needs their, they need funding to do all of this. Um, It's time to think of that as a collective system, right? And think about how do we fund this moving forward? Where could we find new ways to fund this? And we're not alone in thinking about that. Um, we're thinking about that across the state, right? There's plenty of conversations we've all been a part of that where we're thinking about how we fund things. Uh, and then also there's some new um technologies that I'm excited about or some new ways of going about it. There's a couple nonprofits and others that are connecting um, locations that have excess food directly to folks that need it, right? Uh, so there's some like the, like I mentioned before, the too good to go, that kind of thing where they have a grab bag for a certain price, but there's there are a number of new um, technologies that I think our existing organizations uh, in the area could utilize and, and try to uh, really think of those trips, right? The, the drive there to pick up the stuff. This is going to come into play a lot when we talk about uh, the new um, businesses and organizations that have to participate starting in 2024 for 1383, the, what everyone calls the, the tier twos, the <laughs> restaurants and the prepared food. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is really going to come into play. We've got nearly 2,000 of them, and we're not, as the organization landscape that exists here in Santa Clara County, as you can say, we're not driving to 2,000 different locations to pick up all of this food. That That's not going to make sense. We're going to need some new systems for mm-hmm. absorbing and redistributing this, and I'm excited about some of that, right? Thinking through that as a 
like you say, is a new challenge, right? What's our opportunity? Yeah. What could we apply? What's some pilot projects we could try and see if something sticks, right? See if something makes sense and we can we can bring it to scale. You, and the listeners you, can't see the excitement on Robin's face, but I assure you, <laughs> as she talked about this new exciting venture, her eyes lit up, but she got all excited. She started to beam because of the opportunity that it represents. And and that's what I know of you, Robin, is that anytime there's something that's going to help to benefit and add a layer of success, that you jump on it. And so thank you for answering my question. Mauricio? Thank you. Uh, you know, you mentioned earlier about... The donuts, too many donuts, right? So we have too many pastries, things that we overcook. So to that point, and we're talking about tier twos, which includes a lot of restaurants and other things like that. Now, we're trying to recover a lot of food uh, after it was cooked, right? But I think there's an opportunity on food before it gets produced, right? We produce uh, 40% of all food produced in the United States go to the waste. We know that, right? Enough to fill the Rose Bowl every day. You know, you, I see the Rose Bowl. We all use that analogy and so forth. So you think maybe some of the SB 1383 uh, 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 challenges and think the people initiatives that people are using, would it help us maybe stop wasting some food at the beginning of the uh of that and produce less, so there's less. I mean, it's not that I don't want any more, a lot of food to be there for food recovery, which people need it, but we're also wasting a lot of food in the back end that is going to, you know, there's enough food being made in, in the producing the world right now to feed the world population. And we're talking about more, you know, more uh, uh, continue, you know, getting rid of the uh, uh, that the forest in the Amazon and things like that because we need more cattle or more this, more that. I don't think we need more. We just got to be more efficient with what we have, right? And uh, so would you think that there's an opportunity there? So we produce maybe not less, but more efficiently, more smartly, smart, you know, smart about it. And then people can get that food in a different way, maybe for hand. Any thoughts about that is kind of a lot of question and, you know, looking at a crystal ball, but I think there's an opportunity back in, in the beginning of the, of the process, right? Yeah, that's the education and outreach portion. We lean really heavily into the prevention end of things. And I, I, I also don't have a crystal ball, but if I had to predict <laughs> how this is going to play out, right? If we're bringing all these new players into mm -hmm. the food recovery world, there's a, an initial excess, right? And then they get the feedback of what we're producing. And, oh, I can see, you know, dang, 200 cookies last Tuesday. Why did we make 200 extra cookies, right? And then so there's this feedback loop that didn't exist before um, of looking more carefully at all of those excesses that are getting donated instead of composted. And I think the prevention measures are going to kick in. We, I mean, I, I can't. I think that part will happen naturally. We're also doing a lot of education and outreach. We've got these one sheets we're creating through CRA and also a lot of our own uh, local education about um, prevention measures, really just like how to keep that waste from ending up, uh, you know, needing to be donated in the first place. Uh, that being sort of our last stopgap option, but uh, there, there's a lot of opportunities earlier in the chain to not have created that excess food in the first place. And I do think we're going to see more of that. Um, I'm very hopeful that that is some of what comes out of 1383 uh, on, a, on a large statewide scale is that we start to be better about that, right? Where we collectively as a, as a state have 
created one of what is one of the best practices in prevention tracking, right? Mm-hmm. Collectively as a state, we've forced the hand of all of these organizations to do tracking, which we know it, you know, as all of the folks that work in this world is, is one of the best ways. Once you know what it is, you're yeah. a lot less likely to waste it. So I think statewide, I'm hopeful that this all helps us lean into better prevention, less, less waste in the first place. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, that's, I, I think to your point, that is the uh, education prevention, I think is one of the things that we need to concentrate on uh, a lot. And I think the other part that we don't talk a lot about, at least in our meetings, because we're concentrating in commercial uh, uh, food producers, restaurants, uh, commercial centers, uh, big catering companies, but it's at home, right? And how do we reduce our waste at home? And we're smarter about how much food we we buy, how much food we cook, uh, because you know, I bet you there's a lot of people that are there that toss a lot of uh, uh, leftovers, you know, every day, and uh, and that's a part that I, to me is a little sad that we don't talk a lot about it. But it's a little harder to implement that kind of program, and I know cities are working on it, but uh, hopefully it'll be something else that you will eventually uh, we'll see more of, right? And uh, and, and that kind of, I guess that's the way everybody can help a little bit on the food uh, uh, waste that we're trying to stop and, and make more resources available for our future because we're destroying the world, I think, by overusing our resources, right? They are finite and we don't want to believe it. I, I, at least some of us, a lot of people don't believe that it's finite, right? Uh, they live for the moment. Um, so anyhow, that's my soap uh, box and I'm sticking to it on, uh, on that top part of the topic. David, you have anything else you'd like to uh, uh, mention before we uh, wrap up our interview with Robin? Yeah, how can we help, right? How how can people get involved in the effort and help to support you and your organization with the outreach and or information? How can we help? Yeah. That's a good question. I'm very focused towards helping the organizations that are there. And if I think about how I'm uh, how a citizen would go about helping, I think it would be one rung out from our organization, right? So it would be um, it would be supporting the organizations that do great food recovery in our area uh, um, that are you know all listed uh, of uh, members of the council that right everybody that's doing some really great food recovery work in the community uh need volunteers and um need uh support and but just um oh i would say the piece that we bring is probably the awareness piece right so mm. just <laughs> yeah. understanding how this what this landscape looks like right trying to communicate out to others um one that we have this really robust food recovery system and they may be familiar with you know second harvest or not one or two other organizations that might happen to be in their immediate community but recognizing that these are all part of this really um well connected a web of organizations and people and support organizations. And then now with our role with the Santa Clara County Food Recovery Program that we support and educate and inspect. And then the cities on top of that, that try to make sure that (laughs) everything is, you know, all the T's are crossed and I's dotted and they've done everything they needed to do for the lot, right? That there's so many people coordinating on this action that you may see one little 
tiny end result of, but there's this whole system behind it really trying to make sure it happens efficiently and effectively and safely. And there's a lot of really great folks um, trying to make sure this happens in, in each of these communities, in the county, on the state level. There's a lot of really great worker bees behind the scenes trying to make this all happen. <laughs> Thank so you. is there a place that people can go to that's online, uh, a website uh, reflective of your, your specific work supporting the effort? Like yes. So you could go to the joint venture, jointventure.org website for the food recovery initiative. So all of the work that I do falls under that bucket. It's the initiative uh, that works on a bunch of different projects related to food recovery for joint venture. And then we have another website that's for the Santa Clara County Food Recovery Program. And that faces mostly towards um, uh, businesses and companies that are regulated. So it if you are a, a business that is regulated and need more information, um, the sccfoodrecovery.org would be for you. That's where all of that, or if you're just kind of curious about how the new law is laid out, that would be the <laughs> place to go for that. Thank you, Robin. I appreciate you. not only your time, but all the effort that you put into this. And I was hoping that you'd bring up that work because to the listeners, there's an incredible amount of work that's been put into making that available to us all to help with the messaging and help with communicating our need to be educated about the efforts that are occurring at present and then what we're looking at towards the future. So thank you again, Robin. Mauricio? Yeah, thank you very much. Again, so inform informational and uh, we'll put links to the websites that Robin mentioned on the description of the uh, podcast. So you can click on that in the description. And uh, just want to thank uh, Robin uh, for spending some time with us. I wanted to thank uh, Cal EPA, our sponsor for the uh, podcast. Without their support, we wouldn't be able to do this podcast. So we're very thankful for uh, for their support. And uh, you know, just believe it on us to be able to give us some some money to do uh, some of the things that we do and to be able to share this uh, message of so many people are doing such a great work as it comes to uh, food recovery, food waste, and so forth. Robin, any last words? Anything else you'd like to tell our uh, audience? No, thank you for your <laughs> opportunity here, man. You got it. Like this is a, it's. Um, I like the idea of trying to communicate back out, right? What's happening in a bigger sense, right? Those are. There are a lot of podcasts that are like, how can you, you know, not waste in your kitchen that are designed for the citizen? But I think people are curious about how, how, does, how does the whole thing fit together, right? Like, how, yes. how, how are these bigger systems working together and happening? So I, it's nice to, that you've got the, the, the communication and podcast device for that. So happy to be a part of it. Thank you, right Robin. On. Thank and you so much. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. And then I'm sure we'll be calling you again for a future uh, podcast to tell we'll us uh, some of the things. Or, or uh, we'll yeah. see you somewhere out in the ether, right? <laughs> we're, we're all generally around each other. You know, thank so, you again, Robin, for all that you course. do. And uh, have a wonderful, wonderful day. You too. Thanks. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Until the next episode. Ciao. <laughs>